0: Praise the lord praise the lord uh be seated for just a second we are gonna uh talk and then we will read read the text of scripture in just a minute but today's message is we will overcome amen Amen. we will overcome and i I want to do some house uh keeping things right now as you can tell can you tell i'm preaching from a different place I'm up here. There was a piano back there. We've moved that. We have a couple more chairs in here. Uh, We have a very good problem, which is uh, a church that is growing and we're we're trying to be socially distanced. So we're trying and and we're talking as a staff about different solutions. So just know we're thinking about it. We're trying. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay, sure. Thank you. Thank you. So turn to Revelation chapter 12. We're going to get into this story that seems to be cyclical. It seems like we're hearing the same story again and again. We heard a story about the the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, and the story is one after another, kind of this continual story that there is persecution, there is pressure, and we will overcome. Things are hard. They might get harder, and yet we will will overcome. That's the story. We've heard it again and again and again in different ways and we're going to hear it again today. It's kind of like this message you get if, if you're new to being a parent. Ten years ago, my wife Erica was pregnant with our first and people came out of the woodwork to say just how hard having a kid is going to be. And we're like, yeah, we know. We, we've, we've been told it's going to be hard. Yeah, we know. We get it. We're nodding our heads. No, seriously, you're never going to sleep again. And we're nodding our head. Yeah, we know people have told us that. And, and then they say, but it's all worth it. it it's, it's so good. It's so hard, but it's so good. And we nodded our head and we're like, yeah, thank you. We know. We know that already. Yes, we, we know. And we had no idea until we were in it. And then, yes, you're right. Everything people said. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard, but it's all Worth it. And I think about this message in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, tells us again and again and again it's going to be hard. This world is hard. There's going to be moments of of grief, there's going to be moments of pressure and suffering. It's going to be hard, but it's all going to be. Worth it. We are going to overcome. We hear that message again and again in the book of Revelation. And so I'm here today to preach it to you once again. Things are hard. Like, there's pressure in today. Like, it's an election year. Uh, There's pressure. There is persecution. There was... um, a pastor's conference a couple of weeks ago at our church. and Pastors from all over came and one of the pastors at another table. I was uh, table hosting one table at another table. This pastor from Wisconsin was sharing that there is tremendous pressure for him in his town where he's at. The mayor said he doesn't want any church meeting. He wants churches to never meet again. He said this. And so this pastor is pastoring at this church where it's like the tremendous pressure of this guy. He was just sharing in tears about this struggle he was going through. There's, there's pressure amongst us in America, in the world. There is persecution. I think not like the early church, but there is pressure amongst us and it might get harder and it's all going to be worth it. In the end, we will overcome. So if you would, would you stand with me? We're going to read. uh, We're going to read for a little while. So if you're able to stand the whole time, please do. Uh, Revelation 12, verse one. This is a kind of a mythological paradigm. We're going to see a dragon. We're going to see a woman. We're going to see probably the most horrible image in the Bible there is. I've read the whole Bible and this is probably it. This is a horrible image. You can't unimagine what we're about to read here. And it's it's pretty bad. But let's get into it because in the end, we will overcome. In the end, it's worth it. Here's the sign. Verse 1, chapter 12, the book of Revelation. A great sign appeared in heaven. I mean, we've been, we're now 12 chapters in. We've had lots of great signs. Here's yet another one. And this one is of a woman clothed with the sun, the moon at her feet, a crown of 12 stars on her head. She is pregnant. She cries out in pain as she was about to give birth. Who is this woman? Well, it, it could be Mary. You know, there's lots of symbols here. Uh, it could be Israel. You know, Joseph has the dream. Mom and dad uh, are the sun and the moon, the stars are the brothers. That imagery is here. Could this be Eve, the the, the mother of humanity? I don't know for sure. I do know that each one of these images and this woman is, is seemingly like to represent the church. Like that's who this letter is written to, to the church undergoing persecution. You will overcome. We will overcome. So this woman is pregnant. She's crying out. And then another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon, seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns on its head, representing power and might and political means. Its tail swept a third of the stars of the sky, flung them to the earth. The dragon stood. Here's the image. You can't unimagine this. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it could... Devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who, in quotations, will rule the world, rule the nations with an iron scepter. Here's messianic language and metaphor here. And the child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Thank God. Verse six, the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. Some of you may just need to hear that part of the sermon today, that the Lord is watching this. The Lord is watching over us and he has prepared a place for us undergoing suffering that he might take us there and we might have reprieve from the evil one, from death, from sin and all that's going on. And it says that it was 1,260, That's an interesting number, a a small rabbit trail here. If anyone is quick at math, if you divide 365 by that number, how many do you get? Three and a half. Wow, how did you know that? That's good. Well done. But we've seen this number before. We saw it last chapter with 42 months. How, How many years is that? 3.5. We will see it here later in this chapter with time, times, and half a time. How many is that? Three and a half. We keep seeing this number that it's it's half of seven, half of this perfect number. We keep seeing it because maybe we're seeing the same story again and again. The author wants us to know we're going to go through hard times. It might get worse, but in the end, we will overcome. Then war breaks out. In heaven, verse 7, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, the devil. They lost their place in heaven. This great dragon was hurled down. This ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled down to the earth, the angels with him. And now we know this red dragon, he is the devil, he is Satan. Verse 10. The good news: then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, "Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before God day and night has been cast down." Amen. Verse 11, the the verse for today, the title of this sermon. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to the death. Verse 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea, for the devil has come to you having great wrath because he knows that his time is short. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray, God. We thank you that no matter what happens on this earth, that you are in control and that we will overcome. Lord, it's a simple prayer. It's a simple reminder to us of who you are. So, Lord, we praise you. We thank you. And all God's people shouted with joy. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for standing. That was a while to stand through that text and my little reprieves, but I have three point sermon for you. You already know the last point. It's we will overcome. The first point is this, and I I thought about how to word this all week, and I, I just said, you don't have to fake fine. I thought another way could be to say, it's okay to not be Okay, it's another way to word this: permission to, to be in here and to not be perfect. Like we were uh, on Thursday, that the men of our church were meeting back in the, uh, the we call it the upper room. Right there. there is a group of men, a great turnout, and, and we were going around just saying like, no one's perfect. And, and the man even joked, we're gonna put a sign up above the door and, and, and that says, per- perfect people can't come in. Is that what it said? And I said, yeah, go ahead, do that, Tim. Yeah, spray paint it up there. That'd be great. You got my permission because when we come in here and we look around, we know that I know that I'm not perfect, but I look around and maybe you look around and say, oh, everyone else has got everything together and everyone else is just perfect. No, we don't. There's no perfect people in here. We are all going through something. There is in this story a woman about to have a baby and a dragon and she's not having a good time. This is a horrible situation. I've read the whole Bible and this is probably the most horrible situation I can imagine. A pregnant woman about to have a baby only so that a red dragon and can eat it. Like if there's kids in here, I apologize. That is a horrible image that you can't get out of your head. Things are not okay all the time on the earth. This is not a perfect place. We are not perfect people. And yet our society, you know, even the greeting, like how we greet each other forces us to say everything's great, right? Like how do you greet each other? You say, hi. And then what do you say? Hi. And then you say, how are you doing? And then what are you supposed to say? great, I'm doing, you're not supposed to say, oh, I woke up, and I stubbed my toe, and then I had toast, and I burnt my toast, and then I dropped the toast jelly side down on my stubbed toe. Like, that's not, that's not normal. What you're supposed to say is, everything's, Great, everything's good, everything's wonderful. And if it's not, you're just supposed to, I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying you do that in here, but what society says you're supposed to do is say everything's great, right? In here, let's we don't have to do that. Every week, we have an altar up here, a space where we come. We, we pray for each other. We pray for healing. We share with each other prayer requests. We come to the altar and say, everything's not perfect. My life, is, I have sin in my life, and I want Jesus to overcome that sin, and I need him in my life. This is a place where we share about brokenness and grief and disappointment. If the Bible tells us anything, all the, the think about the stories in the Bible. Think about the, the prayers in the Bible. That are being prayed. There's, some of them are just like, wow, full of grief and asking questions. I'm thinking like Psalm 22 My God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? Or out Psalm, is it Psalm one thirty? Out of the depths I cry to you. Like some of these Psalms, Psalm forty, I'm in a pit of mire. Lord, help me. I need your help. Or Psalm uh, three, Lord, smash the teeth of my enemies. Like, can we pray that? Is that like yes? Like these are prayers that that like Jesus says to love your enemies, but these are honest prayers from honest people. They they're not how to pray, but they are uh, like giving us permission of this is the way in which you pray. This is the rawness that you can bring into the community of, of Christ and say, it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to fake it in here. If things are at times horrible. I mean, today I'm having a good day. Like if someone said, how are you doing, Joe? I would say I'm doing good. I'm great. I'm okay. But there are days when I'm not. There's days, maybe this is one of them, when you're not okay and we can bring that to the Lord. We can bring that to the church. I'm thinking about like funerals, like as a young pastor, I had thought about you know what my first funeral was going to be like. I went to seminary and I, I had sermons, like funeral sermons ready to preach. And I just assumed, like your first funeral, you imagine, uh, at least I did, of like an old, uh, like great grandmother character that lived a long life in the Lord. And you do her funeral. And it's just like a, a celebration of her life, remembering things great grandma did. And oh, she did this. And she always went to church. And she brought so-and-so to church. And she brought me to the Lord and, and we share those stories of great grandma and then someone makes a joke remember that time she drove over the bucket of paint in the driveway oh my gosh that's so funny that paint is still there oh it's so fun and we tie. in the funerals just like oh this is a celebration we have potluck and casserole someone turns on a TV and we watch grandma's favorite like college football and that team wins and they're high-fiving me good job pastor well done with a sermon like that's that's what a sermon that's what a funeral should be right Right? Don't you want your funeral? That's what I want my funeral to be like. And instead, like uh, my first funeral was horrible. It was a horrible scene where I had married this young couple. And they got married a couple years later, had babies. They had twins and all this hope and expectation. They're in the hospital and the babies come. And a day and then two days later, both of these little girls, they passed away. And I was called because I had done their wedding. And so I was called and, and that was my first funeral. Like wipe the smile right off your face. Like this is the worst situation I can imagine for this young couple. And we go, we, the funeral site is, is a hole in the ground. It's one casket with two little baby girls in it. And and the mom had wrote uh, letters to each of the girls. I'm thinking about it just now. Like... She had written letters to each of the girls saying, I only got to know you for a day and now I have to say goodbye to you for the rest of my life. And I read these, I tried to read these letters, both of them, because she couldn't. I'm too emotional, I can't read them. Would you mind reading them? I said, yes, I will do that. And I couldn't either, like just getting through these letters, weeping, and that's what we could do. We went out to lunch after like the people, there was casseroles, but no one was smiling. No one was talking. People were crying into their plates food. It was horrible. Like that's the church. And we comfort each other. We read scriptures together. We cried together. This group of people cried together. And I think it's okay to say, yeah, things are not good. How are you doing? Not good. If that's where you're at and you're in this church, this is a place where we together say, yeah, things are not perfect right now. Things are sometimes not okay at all, but we will overcome. Jesus is with us and there is an enemy who wants to destroy us there's an enemy we see him his name is the devil Satan this red dragon with power who would want to embarrass us, who would want to shame us. The enemy is not the politics. The enemy is not this other party. The enemy is not uh, governors or leaders saying churches can't meet. The enemy is a roaring lion, a dragon who would want to destroy us. And there is a war happening. Angels and demons. This scene is like, this is a scene uh, of metaphor and 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 outrage of war between good and evil. And that is happening. But it's not like equal and opposite, good and evil. No, the side of good wins. There is a battle, but Jesus has overcome and we will overcome too. Amen? Amen. Amen. Second point is this. Um, uh, It tells us to not love our life to the death. And I'll I'll read that passage because it's right after they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony. And in verse 11, it says this, and they did not love their lives to to the death, therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them in this world, there is suffering, we can do the right thing sometimes, and as a reward get get punished for that, like that, like we uh, the, our society, our world outside of the church, like I think we just seek pleasure and we seek uh excitement and we seek the next thing and and there's this world where of pleasure and we as Christians say, well, even if there's not pleasure, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to choose Christ. Even if that means suffering, the, the book of revelation says again and again, like it might get worse. It already is pretty bad. It might get worse, but choose faithfulness. Do not compromise. God is on his throne. I'm reading this book right now about uh, prayer. It's by a Russian author. This Russian author says that uh, before his lifetime, he knows of this true story where the communist civil war was going on and soldiers went to a town to find this woman who was of the, another political party, and they were going to either arrest her or kill her, like, like pretty serious uh, political crimes of being on, on a different side of the pol- politics. And uh, it was found out that this, they were, these soldiers were searching for this woman in this village, and her neighbor was a Christian. And so this Christian woman goes over to this woman's house and says, you have kids and the soldiers are coming to either arrest you or kill you. Why don't you take your kids? I don't have kids. You take your kids and just go. Just flee. Get as far away from this place as you can. And and I'm a Christian. I, I believe that Jesus laid down his life for me. And so I'm willing to, to go to jail for you. I'm willing to say when the soldiers come that I'm you. I, I'll say your name when they ask me who I am. And so this woman agrees. She leaves with her kids and this other woman goes into the house and just waits and sure enough in this story the soldiers come in who are you she says the other woman's name and right then and there she is killed she gives her life for someone else we as Christians we don't love our lives to the death we are willing to give them up give them away because that's what Jesus did for us this third point is this we will overcome amen amen we will overcome. Point three, this is good news. And we will overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's the work of Jesus and the word of our testimony, his work inside of us. Verse 11 says it this way. It's this great voice in heaven proclaiming good news that they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Verse 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. I think about this uh, verse. There's a song that one of our uh, fellow New Lifers wrote years ago in 2007. John Egan, our head worship leader at North, wrote this song a long time ago, We Will Overcome by the Blood of the Lamb and the Word of Our Testimony, worked that into a song that we sing as a a declaration, as an anthem at New Life Church, the congregations together. And one of the reasons why we needed this song back in 2007 is because a tragedy happened. Um, Some of you may have been around. I was around, my wife was around at New Life North. I was the college pastor back then, and a gunman came into our church, on a Sunday morning after church, we were kind of waiting around uh, for another meeting. And we heard, my wife and I, and, and the whole church, everyone was there, heard gunshots down the hallway. Bullets flying everywhere. And Erica and I were able to get out a door and go around the building. And in the back, in between, if, if you know New Life North, in between the main building and the tent, we drove around and we saw uh, bodies on the ground. I saw David Works um, it was the father of the, the the two girls that were lost that day and no one was with him so i i got out of the car i told erica keep the car running there's there's potentially still a gunman loose and so i got out and held david's hand i prayed with them i told him the ambulance was coming and right there like i saw him watch his other daughter pass away and there's another girl his other daughter was on the ground bleeding. She would die just a couple hours later. And the tragedy of that day, the horror of that day, the the fear of that day, it was one of those days. It was a bad day. Started off great and then ended horribly. And I think about that time period, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and on Wednesday, three days later from that day of the shooting, we had a church service. We had a gathering on a Wednesday night. And we came together in fear like there's I'm thinking of some of you watching right now scared to come to church like I've been in your shoes very different situations but the fear is there like this fear to come to church it was very real I was I came to church and every person I didn't know I was like could this person be here to do what someone this gunman did on Sunday could the national news have gone out and some madman was like this shooter only killed two people that day I I've come to to finish the job because the, the shooter that morning on that Sunday morning posted on a blog like I'm going to kill as many Christians as possible. Like that's what he said. And then he came to new life to do what he did. And so I came on Wednesday night in fear like wondering like what is this a safe place? I don't know. It's a scary place. It's a place where there is fear. We came in with fear and we came out singing projecting, shouting this song, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. I think this is where we are at as a church, singing the song, being reminded that things, things are not always perfect, things are not always good even, things are not always, they just are, and sometimes they're really bad. And we will overcome. We need to sing this. We need to shout this. We need to remind ourselves that we are going to be victorious. This this word in, in the Greek, this word for uh, overcome is the word for victory. It's this word Nike, which the, the brand named themselves after because they, they wanted to be victorious in sports and games. Victory. Like we are going to be victorious. We are going to be the winners when this thing is all said and done. And although the world now would love to see ashamed and embarrassed and squashed and oppressed. Like we are going to overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. And there is nothing to fear knowing that like we can, you could be afraid to come to church. There is a pandemic. There's other reasons to be afraid, but don't like we don't have to fear. He has overcome and we will overcome by his blood and by the word of that testimony inside of us. Would you stand this morning? The band is going to come. We are going to sing that song this morning. Brett's going to lead us in a moment to, to the table, to communion. But let's take a moment and, and just quiet ourselves and worship. Lord, we praise you. We, we thank you that you have overcome. We thank you that, that we, you have overcome because of your blood, your body broken for us. Lord, as we, as we consider this gathering, we, we, we call ourselves the body of Christ. And we consider that, that your body, Jesus, your body, we name ourselves after you, is broken. Your body, Jesus, was broken for us. Your blood was shed for us. The image of your body is one of a broken one. The image of your body is a lamb slain for us. So, Lord, we humble ourselves. We quiet ourselves as we prepare for the table.